I'm Aaron Raw, and I took a left at the valley. I know we shouldn't have to scream that we're atheists, you know. We don't have non-astrologers and all that. But with the religious people taking over the world, I mean, we can either speak up or be pushed into a corner. I'm proud to be an atheist, a skeptic, a non-believer, an infidel, a heathen. I call it how I see it. I say it's ignorance and you just call it faith and unsubstantiated claims. That's something to be ashamed. I'm an Coming at you after opening the Ark of the Covenant, this is Left of the Valley. My name is Kevin, and I was told I was so strong that I don't do push-ups, I push the Earth back. <laughs> Joining me as usual is a team that once broke the law, and they still haven't put it back together. Now we have Shark Week, but sharks celebrate a week for her, Nancy. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and cougars, too. <laughs> And she's so bright that the sun was deemed an amateur, Christina. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and she has a bear carpeting in the house. The bear's not dead, it's just afraid to move. Kirsten. <laughs> Damn straight. So it has to sweet it to the one that tore off the wall of the barn. Uh-oh. <laughs> Ladies, welcome back. Good to be back. It's been a, it's been a, it's been a nice week. I hope you had a great week. Yeah. hope you had a great week. Yeah. So this week we're going to be talking to a couple of podcasters, uh, Eric and Matthew, call, uh, from a show called Odd Atheist Friends. Oh. So that's going to be interesting. Yeah, I bet. But first, let's do a little bit of chit-chat, and boy, do we have a lot to go through. A little bit? Oh, God, we have a lot to go through. Um, let's start. Uh, so you guys heard that the Colorado Supreme Court, in a 7-2 ruling, ruled in favor of the baker J- uh, Jack Phillips, who cited his Christian's belief for refusing to bake for a gay couple. <laughs> That's right, but it's not as bad as it seems. It, that's yeah. I, I, apparently, the ruling is apparently a narrow one, um, but I can't help but think there are going to be some repercussions about this right away because the next day, there's a story that came out of Tennessee that a store owner put a, a sign in, in his shop saying "No gay, pe- no gays allowed." Well, the, the ruling expressly discusses the fact that everyone should treat customers or everyone should be treated mm-hmm. with respect and equally so there are no barriers to anyone filing a lawsuit either through the ACLU or through their own lawyer for discrimination there was nothing that the supreme court said that stopped anyone from suing when a legitimate uh, discrimination event occurs and that's that's mm-hmm. a good thing yeah exactly uh but you know it's one of those things that there might not be some legal repercussions about this but i think there's going to be some societal ones and i think we're seeing that already uh maybe we've opened a uh a pandora's box here by doing this well maybe maybe yes maybe no i think what the supreme court was saying was that in this particular case the um or the uh, the I was going to say tribunal, but that's not quite the word. But the the ones who initially ruled on the case, they said that they were hostile to the defendants, and so on that basis, they, it was seventy two seven to two. But actually, they aligned themselves in different ways mm-hmm. for other um, lawsuits to come. So I basically what they're saying is the, you guys sort it out at the local level, but if something rises to the federal level, we're ready to hear it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But still it's a it's a disappointment. It is a disappointment. But it's it one of those just, yeah, it was just because of what they ruled to be the hostility in that particular case that ruined it for And what I hate about uh, something like this is uh, if you it's one of those situations that if you give him an inch, 
Yeah. They will try to plunge in and oh, ab- open it and absolutely. take a foot, right? But I, I think they'll be, I think they'll be um, pushed back mm-hmm. if they really try to, you know, put up. I think there was a sign put up someplace that said, we don't serve gays here. Yeah, and, in Tennessee. Yeah, and, yeah, and so that's not going to last long. Yeah. Right. Uh, did you guys hear that uh, Mariano Rajoy uh, has been ousted at pri- as Prime Minister of Spain? He's been replaced by uh, the socialist Pedro Sanchez uh, by losing a confidence vote in, mm-hmm. uh, in, uh, in uh, Spanish uh, parliamentary elections. That's what happened. As soon as you lose a confidence vote, that's it. You're ousted and you're replaced right away. Uh, his anti-austerity, uh, there's been a lot of anti-austerity sentiments in Spain. Uh, they've had harsh economic times in the past couple of years. And uh, the great news is uh, the guy's uh, he's actually an atheist. Yeah, I, I saw that. I know it's pretty. It's pretty amazing. So we'll see what happens there. Yeah, and supposedly from the um, something that I just skimmed, maybe you read it a little in more depth. But he's also put quite a number of women in his. Oh, I cabin. didn't hear about that yet. Yeah. Oh, I'll yeah. have to follow that. Okay, and in a moment of incredible stupidity, uh, the orange menace Donald Trump <laughs> uh, had a conversation with our prime minister. Mm. Now this this last week we talked about the uh, the tariffs on steel and aluminum, mm-hmm. and our prime minister basically called and said, "Okay, what is the purpose of this, and why are you doing this to us?" And the president uh, referred to some obscure clause, saying that he is supposed to be imposing tariffs on countries that represent a threat to national security. And our prime minister basically countered with, well, this is Canada. We've been allies forever. What makes you think that we are a threat to national security? And Trump, in his incredible orange starburst wisdom, uh, basically said, didn't you guys burn the White House in 1812? Uh, Well, we we should clarify, he didn't actually say in 1812. He's just not that intelligent. He said... (laughs) Didn't you burn down our White House? Yeah. yeah. Other people had to be... Is he talking about 1812? No, okay, for, for... for I don't think we have any Trump listeners that listen to this show, but let's clarify here. Yes, the White House did get burned down, and that's why it's actually the White House now, because it didn't actually used to be white. Um, but that 1812, Canada was not Canada yet. Canada was formed in 1867. So we were still a British colony. So the British, technically, the British burned down the White House. I know. Do you think there's an off chance that it was his horrible sense of humor? You know, that he, I mean, he's so tone deaf to everything, you know, but that was just the preliminary to going to the G7 and then pissing everybody everybody off at the same time why piss off one guy on the phone when you can do it in person yeah, yeah. Uh. well he, I, I don't think it was a sense of humor I think that basically he just wanted to put a tariff yeah and basically when they're asking him for an excuse he just popped out out of his hat because that's so. the only possible reason he could even come up with something that's stupid yeah, uh, Congress so. supposedly there's a Corker supposedly is trying to initiate a a bill to give Congress more authority, mm-hmm. you know, over over tariffs. But uh, there's so many of the Republicans are cowering in the corner. I doubt whether it'll ever get to the floor. Who knows? So you can, you may face palm now. Um, <sighs> let's get some good news here. Uh, did you guys hear that Ireland overturned the abortion ban? Mm-hmm. Yeah, in a vote, sixty six point four percent versus thirty three point six percent. The abortion was only allowed when the woman's life was actually at risk. Not even rape or incest would allow a woman to have abortion before that. Um, 
the Prime Minister Leo uh, uh, Varadkar basically said it was an historic day for Ireland. Now, what I didn't know is the Eighth Amendment in the Constitution was actually installed in around 1983 after a visit from John Paul II. Uh, the uh, he, it was put in the Constitution giving equal rights to uh, to life for mother and unborn child. Mm. Right. So now they've overturned that. So. Oh, good, good, good. Congratulations good to Ireland. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, here's some other good news. Uh, did you guys hear that NASA's Curiosity has found organic matter on Mars? I saw a little something, but you're the you're the tech science guy. Oh so God, you're yeah, up on all of that. <laughs> I'm not much of the tech science guy, but <laughs> uh, they, they found organic matter. It suggests it was once home to life, and uh, now it's become a bit official. Uh, and this this that discovery should propel us to look for conclusive uh, evidence of alien life. Um, they found methane and unexpected organic molecules hmm. preserved in the soil. Uh, Curiosity was in the Gale Crater, and which thought which is thought of uh, that, it, that the crater itself was uh, an ancient lake. Hmm. So that's very interesting. Yeah. Um, uh, I got to go back to bad news here. Oh, <laughs> it, he, was so, it was so. It, it, it was so well. It was one. nice while it lasted. Yeah, that was that was too fast to go down and up the roller coaster. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll try to pull myself together. Okay, I, here we I go. I cannot believe they elected Doug Ford in Ontario. They elected Doug Ford in Ontario. Let me oh, say that again. Oh. Mini Trump. Oh. Uh, I, oh. I, I. I. This is beyond me. This is the guy. This is the guy whose brother was a drug addict and was trying to cover for him. And this is the guy who thought that, you know, as a provincial premier, he's going to shut down the CBC, which is a federal thing. This guy is such an idiot to the biggest. And yet, uh, 50% of all the voters didn't vote for the, the, the quote, progressive conservatives. That's a mm-hmm. joke. Um, 41% of the, uh, the vote went for them. Uh, 34% went for the NDP, 19% went for the Liberals, and 5% to the Green. So now we're ending up with a majority uh, conservative uh, in Ontario. And he <sighs> got he. I, I don't know what the right. He wasn't. He wasn't. I think he he received a special blessing from the Evangelical oh, Church. Oh yeah, of course. From the the power the Palace of Prayer, he got the uh, the official blessing. From the 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 church there, which has been embroiled in various scandals here and there, and it's like, how close to Trump, you know, do you want to get here, Doug? Yeah, the yeah. same, you know, the same the same connections. Yeah, I mean, right away the the evangelicals, and the, right away he he basically said God delivered us a victory and stuff like that. This is not going to end well. This no. is so. I guess that you know, I like to think of Canadians a bit better than Americans, but I guess we just prove that that we're not. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll you know t- see where we all are in a year. Yeah, we'll the, see. Ontar- the, the people in Ontario, you know, will will figure out whether or not they they did a good thing or a bad thing uh, to themselves. At least it's not the prime minister, right? Yeah. Um, did you hear that Anthony Bourdain is dead? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, kind of young sad. too. Sixty one. Sixty one. Yeah. Apparently, hung himself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just. Um, I've been I've been listening to the, the the news about that you know since since yesterday and the the praise that he got and then the the extreme sadness of someone who had been able to achieve so much and yet felt that it was 
some somehow not enough yeah you know for him to be able to continue his his life with you know his thoughts and his emotions it's i you know sad. i never would have picked the man to, to be suicidal in that sense but you know you can't pick no you can't you, you, can't. you can't pick any at this point people are very good at covering mm-hmm. you know their feelings yeah exactly okay exactly but he was uh did you ever watch any of his? I did watch some of his shows. I thought he had a very interesting touch and oh, uh, an did. interesting way of the, of connecting with people. Yeah, and uh, you know, uh, he had a pretty interesting career. He was one of the well best known chefs in the world. Yeah, for that sense, uh, in, in that sense, and uh, you know, his message was always of, "Don't stay at home. Go out there and visit the world." And I think that was a worthwhile message. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm sure he will be missed. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was a renaissance man in many ways. In that sense, yeah. You know, he had so many different different talents. And I, 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 as you were saying, I think he, he, he encouraged a, a lot of people and motivated them, you know, to, to go beyond their comfort zone and their boundaries and try new things and talk to people that, they that were different to understand that actually at the core we're all the same mm-hmm. so he uh, and, and he was a strong from what i understand a strong advocate for the me too and for mm-hmm. for women yeah, so yeah. He, uh, yeah he did did a lot of good good stuff oh I, rest in peace anthony very sad uh and uh, last but not least have you been following the uh, g7 <sighs> sort of <laughs> because it just well uh, the, or the G6 plus or one the G, yeah the G6 plus maybe plus one maybe uh, now today as we're recording this Trump is on his way to uh, do that summit that North Korean summit thing yeah but yesterday basically there was an article saying he arrived late he left early he insulted the prime minister this is in Charlevoix in Quebec um, <laughs> and on top of that he uh, he basically proposed that we should bring Russia bring back Russia into back. the G7, which would make it a G8. Yeah, I mean he he did a maximum amount of damage in a minimum minimum <laughs> amount of time. It's he pretty gotta, impressive. You know he he could get in like the bull in the china shop and just you know every every everybody is gasping in his wake. <laughs> oh, it's pretty impressive that the man can do that in this sort of amount you know, of time. You know the interesting and this is such trivia. But I don't think that you know, I don't know whether or not you've noticed or not, but whenever there's a group shot or whenever there's a camera, you know, he, he gets himself in place and, you know, his orangeness is, is there with, you know, just a regular look on his face. And the minute he's ready, his whole expression, you know, he gets this absolutely phony smile on and yeah. it's just, I mean, it, 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 it camera's it, on. No, it's like it's like a mask, yeah. you know, overcomes him, and suddenly, da da, you know, he's the bell of the ball, and it's just, it's fascinating to watch because the smile is like rigor mortis. It's not, or it's not a real. I'm happy to be here. It's you know, my teeth are glittering, so you must be happy to see me. <laughs> uh. Of course, Russia, uh, Canada, right away rejected the bid. Uh, so I guess uh, the the prime minister and, and Trump are <laughs> kind of locking horns a bit on this. Uh, Russia was uh, kicked out when they attacked Crimea. Remember yeah. that? Yeah. And you know, uh, uh, there's a lot of Americans that say that you know he's essentially a Russian puppet. Uh, whenever I hear that, I, the, those accusations, I'll I'll be the first one to say, yeah, I don't know. You know, I mean, he could be, but 
when you hear something like that, him happening out to just pop in, oh, yeah, we should just bring Russia back in. Why? Because, you know, yeah. it's like, okay, you know, you're just giving weight to all these people that say you're a Russian puppet. You're just giving weight to all of them now. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're in the midst of living history as as it unfolds. And so there are a lot of mysteries and there are a lot of things mm-hmm. that will eventually be revealed. And I think in our lifetime, I think within the next four, five, six years, all of this, I mean, look at the power of these investigative journalists. They have uncovered so much. And once Mueller gives his report and things go from there, I think we'll we'll learn what the, what the connections were and and how um, yeah, exactly. how damaging they were, how productive they were. So we're 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 sort of three fourths of the way through our book. Mm-hmm. We gotta wait. There's okay. Several more chapters to go. All right. Well, thank you, ladies. Now, my dear Nancy, it's time for your top ten. You ready for that? It is, and we got sort of a special one today by request from our glorious host, Mr. Kevin. Because, by request. Yeah. So I think it'll be. I think it'll be fun. Um, you may, listeners, you may remember that last week. We talked about a um, televangelist and mega church um, uh, owned. I, I don't know whether it's an owner, but mega church pastor yeah. named Jesse Duplantis, and he's the guy that said, "I need a fifty-four million dollar plane," mm-hmm. even though he had four of them. And so we got to wondering: um, Is he typical? What is what is behind this kind of uh, scam? Where where does this guy come from? Who else is involved in something like this? And when I looked Jesse up, his net worth is 40 million bucks. And where does that 40 million bucks come from? Some of it comes from the parishioners, but some of it comes from other ways of of making scam money. And Mm -hmm. so we're going to investigate. We're going to explore a little of that today because it's really fascinating how these people come to power, maintain the power, and even when there are scandals, still manage to eke out the living with maybe a little less millions, but they still do fairly well. Forty million dollars. He's he's obviously desperate to pay his bills, right? I mean, he's got no money. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> poor guy, you know. Poor guy. Yeah, and and that's not the um, that's not the the most amount of money that that pastors can make. No, so anyway, I think I'm going to be sick of this list. Starting from the starting from the beginning. Well, maybe not from the beginning, but most of these pastors are part of a movement called the Prosperity Gospel, which started in many ways in the 50s, but actually did go back earlier than that, depending on uh, what sources that you use. But generally, these guys are part of the Prosperity Gospel, which is worth an investigation that we should do um, sometime in, yeah, in the future, because idea. it is it goes into politics and religion and con artists. It, it just covers a wide, wide range. So anyone who's not uh, familiar with the term prosperity gospel, um, you might read a book, um, an interesting one called Blessed, B-E-B-L-E-S-S-E-D. It mm-hmm. could be blessed or blessed mm-hmm. by a lady whose last name is Bowler, B-O-W-L-E-R. Mm. She has the, the best and most comprehensive Canadian who eventually ended up in in the States. But anyone who's interested, um, please read Blessed by, uh, I think it's Catherine Bowler. 
Yeah, if you're if you're unfamiliar with the, the philosophy of the gospel ministries, uh, the the uh, prosperity gospel ministries, think about it this way: you give money to the church, and somehow it's going to come back tenfold to you. That's right. That's essentially what they're they're saying. That's that, that's exactly <clears throat> that's exactly and how it came to be and why people still buy into it. So one of the things I thought we'd do before talking about the uh, the actual um, pastors who are the televangelists mm-hmm. is to figure out where does all their money come from. Some of it does come from donations, but there are a lot of things that these pastors do sort of under the radar that you don't realize that add to that uh, add to that that total of the 40 40 million 50 million 100 million whatever it is that they make one of the things that they they make money at is multi-level marketing oh, believe it great. or not they're they're, um, they're pastor and they're amway dealers yeah yeah <laughs> but they they don't sell a product they sell a dream mm-hmm. like all good con artists do so um if there's a minister who's involved somewhere in multi-level marketing Beware that money's going into his his pocket, even though you might <clears throat> might want the product. You're caught up in a in a scam that way. They also sell a lot of books. Uh, they sell them in their uh, churches and their mega churches, but they're also available online. So you're also contributing mm-hmm. to putting money in their pocket. You know, by by their books. They put out DVDs, a lot of people you can, they, through a lot of their TV programs, radio programs, they sell an awful lot of DVDs, conferences, they charge a lot of money for people to attend their conferences, they have a Christian speaking circuit, so a lot of them go on the go on the tour and they they exchange money from one church to the other for the a lot of money in yeah to, to do that and um, then they also actually feed off their own flock because they um, they get the con- congregation to donate and um, donate and redonate for whatever causes that they have mm-hmm. and they um, also will own a business that the church is invested in like counseling gyms production films computer counseling uh, a computer consulting so there's a lot of things business coaching services a lot of those they're, they're involved in and they get a special advantage because they're uh, because of the taxes that they don't have to pay exactly what the interplay is between some of these marketing uh, products and taxes I'm, I'm not quite aware mm. of but I know they get a, a pretty a pretty good break um, uh, if, if they can't do all of these things, they also will have a let's honor our pastor scam where oh, within the church they um, they want the, uh, the 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 people who are on the inner ring will say um, the uh, the figure out what the pastor would would like for his birthday or for you know special occasion and everybody has to have a fundraiser to provide him with additional perks even though you know he's already taken everything he can there's always a little more in your wallet that he figures he could get that in high pressure offerings um, and then building a new church mm-hmm. there's a lot of money that can disappear when you build a new church um, because you can siphon a lot of cash in, into property that way and of course excessive wages uh, because he feels he's worth more and a lot of the perks the cars the airplanes like Jesse Duplantis and, and things like that so it's not just through 
um, through that uh, a donation, but then there's also the nepotism and tithing, which I understand there's no such thing in the Bible in terms of tithing. That's a good question. I don't know. Yeah. I know when I think tithing, the first one that comes to mind is the Mormons. The Mormons tithe a lot. I mean, it's like yeah, but my understanding mandatory for them. Yeah, but the New Testament church didn't tithe. It it, um, it sort of came out of that. We should look that up. That's it came out of some interpretations, but there isn't any direct um, uh, orders or mm-hmm. what do you call it? Or um, not orders, but biblical prophecies yeah, or right. anything like that. You know. No commandment that forces yeah. you to tithe. So th- those are some of the things that contribute to to the scam. So you've got to watch out. Even if there's a book that you like that some minister has written, try to get it in the library so you don't so you don't or borrow it from somebody so you don't end up mm-hmm. um, um, ha- having to contribute or donate yourself. Then the other thing that I thought was fascinating is why parishioners still stand by their pastor once he's outed, whether it's for a sexual scandal or for a money scandal. You still have parishioners that Mm -hmm. hold on really tight, and you have them say things like, I came back to the church even more now because the word is more powerful. And and they, they really believe that because they've placed what some call a spiritual firewall around the pastor and then in their own mind it distinguishes it, that, that firewall remains even though a pastor's extramarital or, or uh, financial related scam is, is exposed. They, they cannot give up the, 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 the belief that they found this pastor so spiritually enlightening that all of a sudden he's fallen from grace. They can't. They it's it's can't the same it. mentality that forces evangelicals to say Trump is chosen by God somehow. Yeah. Despite all his flaws. And, and they say, well, you know, King David also had flaws and, and stuff like that. It's complete nonsense. Yeah, and, and some of them will stand by their pastors because they feel that they're being targeted. It's it's the Christian um, uh, uh, discrimination, and and so they feel as though no, all these things are made up. They're blowing it up, and so they refuse. So even though you have pastors who are exposed, they can still come back and fleece their flock again oh, yes. because they've got this firewall of spiritual protection around them. So um, one of the other the quotes is, there are people who we trust with our lives every day, like doctors who do all sorts of things, but we don't question them. This is our spiritual medicine. We come here to get what we need, and then we leave. And they're still willing yeah. to take the money out of their their pockets and, and do it. It's amazing. It's telling um, For a lot of people, it, it the last quote: "It'll take catching the guy in the act. He runs off with church money. He goes to jail. He's caught on film with a prostitute. And even then, there are some so fundamentally misinformed about concepts of forgiveness and judgment that they blindly go on supporting him." So these guys know that somewhere there may be a second chance and they'll do everything they yeah, can to exactly, grab on exactly. Okay, so now that we have a little of that background, here are 15 Christian leaders. Ooh, top 15. That make more money getting out of bed than you're going to make all year long. Now we get down to oh, that's it. depressing. <laughs> that is very depressing. Here yeah, here we go. 
Do we know John Hagee? Is that name a familiar yeah, name? Yeah, that name is a bit familiar. He's sort of an honorable mention. He's worth five mil. Oh, okay. Yeah. Small he, potatoes. He's the poor guy of the group. <laughs> <laughs> and he's sort of like the pauper of the televangelist world. So he um, he goes, um, uh, you know, on on the air, a televangelist. He's got a pretty good pretty good following, not as good as everybody else. Then um, other honorable mention is a guy named Eddie Long. He's got 15, he, he's between 5 and 15 mil. Do you know Eddie Long? No, I'm afraid I'm not familiar with that one. Okay. Um, he um, uh, has been divorced twice, investigated for domestic abuse, investigated for tax fraud, sued over a Ponzi scheme. You know, the regular things oh, yeah, that tell Just a regular, ordinary days. It's quite a pillar of the society. Yeah. He's uh, 62 <laughs> years old, and he has, uh, he's been in the ministry for quite a long time, and he's got a 25,000-member church, believe it or not. Um, do we know Randy and Paula White? They're on TV. They've got 10 mil, and uh, they're one of the richest preaching couples, uh, but they got a divorce, and but they still keep the ministry together, and he calls himself a bishop, which is wonderful, a bishop. A bishop. Anyway, he's the, he is the pastor and bishop and founder of the Kirsten, Kristen, I'm sorry, Kirsten. Kristen. <laughs> Renee Foundation, and uh, Paula alone is worth five million bucks they're in they're in florida so anyway the uh another honorable mention is a guy named ed young anybody familiar with it no. a lot of these names people are making millions of bucks and we've never really heard of they're not even on the top tier yet they're 11 million bucks he's out of dallas oh <laughs> why not um he also has a million dollar wife and he keeps preaching sermons to let people know that it's a good relationship. Oh, I'm sure it is. Good SCX, boy. <laughs> anyway, here's one that I think you're going to be more familiar with. Joyce Meyer. Yes. Yeah, yes. there we go. 25 mil. She's known for saying stupid 25 things. mil. Amazing. According to the richest website, she has a net worth of over 25 million. Um, and when you realize that the average American makes $50,000 a year, they'd have to work for 500 years to make what she makes in in one year. She makes so much money that some of her furniture costs more than most people's new cars. So she has like, um, in her bathroom, she found out that she's got a $23,000 toilet and a $30,000 coffee table. And if you want to look online, you can actually see where, where that money where that money has gone to enrich herself. Better put a coaster on the coffee table. Yeah, and she has a mansion that would be fit for uh, uh, her whole congregation to live in, I would imagine. But she says, no, she does God's work. And yeah, she's of course. entitled to it. And then there's one that I know you know, Benny Hinn. Oh, 45 God. million. Oh, that's Benny Hinn. Intent. Benny Hinn in his magic jacket. Yeah, Have you seen those uh, videos, Kirsten? That's right. No. Yeah, he, he's got this congregation, and they're all standing in front of him, and he takes his, he usually dresses up in white. He takes off his jacket, and he swings his jacket like it's the power of God in some wind, yeah. and the whole congregation falls backwards like there's been some huge wave of power. It's, oh. I think I've seen some better vines and memes on that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He, he's got a $4.5 million private jet, an $80,000 SUV. 
SUV, an $80,000 sports car, and a $265,000 BMW and a million-dollar annual salary. Uh, well, damn. He knows how to live in luxury. And, and his parishioners, on average, probably are around twenty-five, thirty thousand dollars. You know, year. Re- recently, Benny Hinn has been known for doing quote-unquote healings, a lot of healings. And recently, he went to the hospital himself. <gasps> Surprising that a guy that can do healings hmm. can't seem to heal himself. Well, Isn't it, it that doesn't. Strange? It doesn't work like that, Kevin. It doesn't. No. Oh, I'm the one. You can only heal others. You can't heal yourself. Oh, I'm so sorry. I thought I knew. That's like not being able to pardon yourself if you're pregnant. (laughs) I I got it now. This is number ten. Is the guy who I I I can't even pronounce his last name, so I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher it. But I'll try. It's Chris Oyekilomi. I I anyway. This guy's we don't know who he is, and and he. People give him $50,000 a year, and he was in the middle of a $35 million money laundering case, and he was accused of siphoning funds from his church to foreign banks. But he's also amassed millions from a a lot of uh, working poor in Nigeria, so I don't know whether he's out of Nigeria or... Whatever. So he uh, he's been able to invest a lot of a lot of money in television stations. And That's so even forth. the worst when you're taking poor people in poor country. On top of that, it's like goddamn it. Yeah. Number nine, one of my personal favorites, Joel Osteen. He's only number nine, really. Number nine, the fifty-five man with a smile. mil. Fifty-five mil. I was in his father's church um, near Houston and attended uh, one of the. Um, uh, sermons. Mm-hmm. Joel was too young at this point. This goes back to the 80s. And it was like going to a rock concert with opening acts and, and music and lights and camera and action and people swaying to to yeah. the uh, to the music and swaying to the um, uh, the prayers that were being given and speaking in tongues. It was an extremely emotional experience because you get you know, 15,000 people all involved oh, yeah. in in what is going on and you know, they're being taken over and swaying. You, you really have to hold yourself back because it's it's very tempting mm-hmm. you know, just to want to, to fall in the ground. Yeah. yeah, it's like a it's like a rock concert. And then there's this wonderful bookstore that he's got and gift shop so you can donate but then you can also buy things he doesn't they don't miss a trick they mm. just don't miss you a know trick. joel osteen is one of those these these pastors don't have to reveal how much money they make and we got a glimpse into joel osteen's world because it was it last year somebody took off with the donations from that week mm-hmm. at his mega church and when they were uh, when they asked how much money was that uh, it was an estimated between five hundred and six hundred thousand dollars in donations for crap. a week for a mega church. Oh yeah. my god. That's yeah. Like, so now here's crazy. a great glimpse into the world of these people. Yeah. Joel Osteen doesn't even take a salary from the church anymore. Mm. He he gets so much money, yeah. you know, from from the other sources. But he can brag about the fact that he doesn't take a salary. He's probably sponsored by Colgate too. Yeah, yeah. Well, he was uh, he was investigated on housing allowances and so forth, but uh, details are kind of shadowy. T uh, T T D Jakes, 
There's mm. another one. No, but he's 150 million, and we don't even know who he is. Um, he really brings. He's from Atlanta, I gather. He's worth more than 18 million, over 200 times the average wage. Um, he takes in a lot of money from book sales, speaking arrangements, and things like that. He's pretty much on the on the circuit. Um, so he's he's one. Number seven is one that we've talked about before, Robert Tilton. Mm-hmm. He was disgraced and thrown out, yep. but lives in Florida. He still he still is worth a hundred million, at least he was at one time. He's still raking in that money. I was at his church as well in Dallas, and um, I was sitting sort of in the cheap seats up above, mm-hmm. but it was where he came in, and so I was sitting about three seats away from where he made his grand entrance, mm. you know, down to, and... Did you feel the power of God? I did. I felt the power <laughs> of Khan. <laughs> I mean, he was, um, he had the had the swagger, he had the confidence, he had the I'm above all of you. As he walked by, you could just feel this animal magnetism, mm-hmm. you know, heading down because it was it was almost like, uh, you know, I'm so far above you, I don't even have to acknowledge that you're here. Yeah. But in his day, he, he just attracted a zillion people, you know, uh, a week on, on his show in Dallas. So, and, and at his height, he was making $80 million each year. But then what happened was um, some investigative reporters, I'm not quite sure on this, uh, went to his dumpster and found out that all of these prayer letters that had been sent in with them, they just threw them all yeah, in, yeah. in the dumpster. And so that that was the end for a while. But um, he doesn't, there's still no IRS disclosures. Yeah. So anyway, these are just some of the guys that are, uh, don't have to go through the whole list. Why? But some of them. Give us at least number one or something. Yeah. Well, the number, the number one is, let's see. Oh, let's go through the list Skipping a bit. over everybody. Kenneth Copeland. 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 A hundred and Over twelve million. Let's say I'm, all, I'm confused on my. Uh, you might have a typo there. Yeah, a lot of money. A lot of money. Who came a in billion, number, number over two? a billion dollars? A billion two hundred thousand. Oh my god! Yeah, my that's god! That's where he is. There we go. Who came I've in been confused by zeros. Who came, who came in at number two? Number two, Adir Maceo. I have no idea who that no is. No idea who these people are. But Peter Popoff is he on yeah, the list? Creflo Dollar. Creflo Dollar. I heard of Creflo Dollar. Uh, one of the guys that that is one of the biggest um, is a guy named Bishop Franklin L. Fountain in Bridgeport, Bridgeport, Connecticut. His father was head of the church. When he became the head of the church, the um, the church itself was valued at $1.25 million. So in the dark of night, with nobody looking, he transferred the church to his own name. <laughs> so then he owned the church. <laughs> they, 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 it's still the... the um, the trial is still pending, but that was one of the biggest. I mean, why wait for donations when you've got the property? Yeah, exactly. So he just signed exactly. it, signed it exactly. over to him. Was Popoff in there? Pardon? Peter Popoff. Peter Popoff is is there, but he um, he didn't he he made the list, but but not the top five. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I'll have to I'll have to go back and see. I know Popoff. Crooks there all over the place. List, but um, let's see. Oh. I know the one there. Yeah, he's number five. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. He's number five. No surprise With there. With Paul and Jan Crouch being number six. Wow. Yeah. So 
anyway, that's uh, well, thank it, you, it Nancy. Took, took a little bit, but I thought just the kind of the background of it's, some of these. It's a good look into the world of these uh, con artists. I mean, this goes back to Amy Simple McPherson, you know, back in the early nineteen hundreds. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So this is not new. It's just that they've learned a, a more efficient way of raking yeah, that money yeah. in. Yeah, it's just amazing, and these are just American pastors. So, of course, you're seeing that all over the world now, especially in old poor places like uh, Uganda and stuff like that. They're but, they're they're taking a page from these yeah, American pastors and doing the same thing. We we have about ten or so, or maybe more, in Canada. But because of the the the, the more strict charity mm-hmm. uh, laws, it just doesn't reach the level of the states. But it, it is here. You know, oh yeah, and, they, they'll try it here and, too. And the parishioners are just as rabid, but they just don't lose as much. <laughs> they they yeah. don't fork over as much yeah, money. Exactly. Well, thank you, Nancy. That was very interesting. My dear Kirsten, you ready to do another brilliant moment? I sure am. Excellent. Brought to you by religion. <laughs> All right, first one up. I think we've heard from this from this lovely lady before. Prophetess Cat Care took authority over a storm and a volcano to no avail. Oh wait, wait, wait! That that was a swisher. The one with yes, the stick that was, was. the storm. Oh, I love her. She's back. Oh, she's back. On Memorial Day, Cat Care, a prophetess who claims that God brought her up to heaven before the 2016 election and told her that Donald Trump would be elected president, posted a video on her Facebook page in which she took authority over sub. Subtropical Storm Alberto and Hawaii's Kilauea Volcano, ordering them both to cease causing any damage. <laughs> See, I remember when we did the story on her, it was a hurricane, but now she went on Subtropical Storm. I think she's just downgraded a bit. Her power is not as strong as she thinks it is. <laughs> she's just <sighs> swooshing away hard enough. <laughs> there, I, there was no swooshing this time. At the time, Alberto was heading toward the southern United States, and Kara used her weather warrior staff, okay, maybe there was swishing, to declare that the storm would dissipate and not cause any flooding, damage, or deaths. I, as a believer of Jesus Christ, I take authority over that storm, she declared. <laughs> I say There's to you, confidence. storm, you will diminish. Swoosh. <laughs> you are going to hear reports of it being downgraded because it has to obey us. She guaranteed. Somebody well, sent me a message saying. downgrade and dissipate anyway at some point. But because she said so. Oh, okay. Because otherwise it would have went the other way. As compared to all the other storms in history ever. Yes. <laughs> Somebody sent me a message saying, who do you think you are? Jesus Christ? You think you can command the weather? And I went, absolutely yes. I am a joint heir. Are you kidding? He took authority over the weather, and we are supposed to be doing the same. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You will not do destruction to your country, Kara told the storm. You will not bring flooding rains. We command the rain to cease. There's nothing better than going out there, standing on your balcony, yelling at a cloud, and tell it to stop. <laughs> the storm, not surprisingly, did not obey her command. <gasps> what? Oh. Bad storm. Yeah, bad, bad storm. storm. <laughs> what are you going to do? Spray it with a squirt bottle? You need to, need to listen to Swishy Lady. Yes, listen to Swishy Lady. <laughs> and then she also commanded the volcano that has been erupting on Hawaii's largest island for over a month now to stop flowing. We have authority over volcanoes, she said. We can even tell them to stop. Christ stopped the storm. So while we're taking power and authority over the devil controlling that volcano, people are going to be laughing about this. I totally ignore them. Just ignore them. I don't know what they're saying, and they don't even know what's going on. They don't understand spirit realm authority. They don't understand that Jesus makes us joint heirs, but I do. 
but you know it's pretty you amazing. You kill him, Swisher girl. Swisher girl. <laughs> behind you. It's, pre- it's pretty amazing that she decides to stop the volcano a one month in. You know, instead of on day two. You know, you or maybe, oh my goodness, there's a volcano erupting. Let's stop. Exactly. No, no, he has to wait a good month before finally you're gonna stop now. Then volcano might decide to. Yeah, it's done. <laughs> she goes on to say, so I take authority over that volcano. Care declared. I command it to cease exploding, shooting out the lava, that the pressure be released, but without any destruction to people. I command that lava, you will stop flowing, and you will crystallize before you touch any more people or their property. Surprisingly, the volcano does not seem to be obeying Care's commands either. <laughs> It'd be even funny if the volcano had to really erupt all of a sudden. Yeah, it's, hard, it's just hard to believe that they're not paying attention. I, yeah. I don't know what it is in Mother Nature that causes that kind of obstinance against her. I mean, I use a stick and I swish the weather all the time here. <laughs> it doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't work here either. Jeez. Maybe I think the only stick that's going to work against nature is a fly swatter against a mosquito. Yeah, and even then. <laughs> and even then, you really got to keep at it. <laughs> All right. So, there's our swishy lady again. Yep. Maybe we'll hear from her oh, again I would, soon. I would love to interview her. Oh, my God, yeah. it'd be so oh. hilarious. Oh, that would be wonderful. It would be hilarious. Do you think she does interviews with atheists? <laughs> no, probably not. Would she that. command us to stop broadcasting? <laughs> I command Maybe. you to stop. Swish. But are we going to listen? Well, we'd, we'd be just like the volcano and other forces of nature, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I need to stop recording. What? That's right. <laughs> She'd probably hit me over the head with a stick. <laughs> All right. Atheism versus the Swisher Lady. Oh, that would be a great title. Yeah. It's not the Swiffer anymore. It's the Swisher. <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, Mothra against the... <laughs> Oh, God. (laughs) Keep going, dear. All right. Woman says this horseshoe crab shell is a sign from God, but science disagrees. Horseshoe crabs? Horseshoe crab. Oh, Jesus had a pet horseshoe crab, I bet. (laughs) Yes. Yes, he did. He rode on it. It was giant. (laughs) Forget the jet. He wants to ride on a crab. An author in Florida says God spoke to her and made the image of Jesus Christ appear on a horseshoe crab shell. Kathy Rader was given the shell by a friend, and she put it on her front porch without noticing anything unique about it. It was only after a lot of prayer that she noticed it was actually Jesus. After a lot of prayer? After a lot of prayer. Jeez, I wonder what influence that was. <laughs> I was reading my devotional that morning. I've been playing with... I've been playing the waiting game as I am publishing a book. I'm very excited about it, but it has taken longer than I thought. I've been doing a lot of prayer and learning to wait on God and his timing. God spoke to me that morning and said, See, child, if you wait on me, I will give you perfection. And I immediately knew he meant wait. I will give you what you need in my time, and not she yours. Needed a horseshoe crab? Was, she, was, was there any liquid refreshment available to her during <laughs> this time of waiting? I'm really not sure. Apparently her perfection, what she needed, was a horseshoe crab. Because <laughs> yes. everybody needs a horseshoe crab. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. I've got one right here in the kitchen. <laughs> I went by the crab shell and something caught my eye. There was a marking on the top of it. And just for a second, I thought it looked like Jesus' face. And I kind of chuckled at that and thought, that's pretty appropriate and sent it to a couple of my friends. Like, I'm assuming what happened was she took a picture of it and sent it to a couple yeah. of her friends. She sent the horseshoe crab itself. Yes, just send the, just send the crab. <laughs> one said, Jesus. And one said, Jesus. But when you turn it around, it looks like an angel. It's changing a little bit every day. 
I kept looking at it, and some of the dark markings seemed to fade. Some of my Christian friends immediately got chills, and they just thought that is Jesus. Look at this face. Look at that long beard. People saw different things, but the face was one thing they all saw, and the angel was something that almost all of them saw. Everyone felt really good about it. I look at it every day, and I feel so blessed by it, and it was a sign from God. Oh, jeez. Oh. Oh. I don't know. It, 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 it kind of appeals to me more than the, the toasted cheese sandwich with, that had the face of Mary Magdalene on it, or was it Jesus? I forget. Was it Mary? Was it Mary? Or? I don't know. There was, I, 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 there was a... Um, I think they saw Jesus on a dog's butt once. Um, yeah. Also, yeah. I think there was a piece of toast. Yeah. I, think I thought it was a toasted cheese sandwich, but that's... We should just there could have been one. We should, we should do a graph, because it seems to me that the power of God is diminishing with time. Here at the beginning of time, he creates the universe, the heavens and the earth, and then eventually he changes water into wine, and then he chases a couple of demons, and now he's appearing on horseshoe crabs. It seems to be this <laughs> inverse <laughs> correlation with time and his power, it seems. I don't know. <laughs> I know, there is, there is, I, there's just something appealing about the crab, and you know the, the power of Jesus. That it, it's, it's appealing. Oh, to me. He's God for Christians. Yeah, I'm, too. I'm on the cusp here of because, almost being a believer. Because I, remember, this isn't just, just it's not just one image. It's changing. Changing. It's exactly. Changing. Changing. And it's not surprising that an extremely religious person would think she saw Jesus, even in an unexpected place. What is surprising is how it sounds like she didn't really believe that it was Jesus until she got reinforcement from friends and family. Yeah, exactly. Or she realized it could help her sell copies of her new book. Holy Uh. (laughs) crap! In her initial interview... Surely this only has religious value and she's not thinking of the power of marketing. No, of course not. Never. No. no. She needs to talk to Peter Popoff, I guess, to (laughs) give her a little inspiration on that. In her initial interview, Rader went to say that when she first saw the image, she thought, maybe that's a common marking. She says she did a Google search of images, and none of them had any distinct markings at all. Wow. As thorough and as scientifically valid as that research was, this, the author of this article thought they would try to duplicate the results. Unfortunately for her, all they had to do was search horseshoe crab shell and got an image of two similar pieces. <laughs> It turns out these shells aren't out of the ordinary at all. In the same article, the one Raider shared to her Holy Crab Facebook page, the phenomenon, if you want to call it that, is explained. Michael Brothers, manager of the Marine Science Center at Pont- in Ponce Inlet, said, I don't know that I would make too much of this pattern. As the shell of a horseshoe crab dies, it shows a wide range of patterns. A fully dried specimen shows a wide range of light and dark intricate patterns. Well, there you have it. This woman claims the shell is a sign from God, and many people believe her. Oh, man. But I science was... respectfully provides a reasonable counterpoint. I was so looking forward to having a whole bunch of Christians wear horseshoe crabs around their necks. It's That'd be coming. Cool. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. I think it would make a better hat. They're pretty big. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think so. Maybe maybe when you buy the book, if you that you'll get the, the, the horseshoe crab as yeah. a bonus. Yeah. Yeah. Can you make crab cakes? I mean, there's a lot of crab cakes. I don't know if you could make crab cakes. Yeah? (laughs) Holy crab cakes. There's a lot of marketing potential there. Yeah, holy crab cakes right there. For a smart Christian evangelist of one kind. Yeah, exactly. Benny Hinn, where are you, bud? Yeah. 
I may write them myself. I, I mean, it's my idea. I would hate to see someone come in and deprive us of all that money we could be making by the crab shells. Yeah, you got to come. We could go out they, crabbing. Where, where did she get them? We could go out crabbing every week. And, uh, yeah. I'm not sure where she was. It was a friend that gave her the shell. Oh, all right. well, we got a little clam digging to do, but I think there's potential there. <laughs> there's always potential. Always potential. All right. So you know how important it is to teach people about consent, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Keep that in mind. Baptist pastor flips out over teaching babies consent. Don't let them win. What? Teaching babies consent? Oh, yes. Yes, yes. Okay. Last month, a sex educator named Deanne Carson appeared on Australian TV and said parents of newborns could develop a culture of consent at home by talking about the subject loosely when changing the baby's diapers. The parents could say something like, I'm going to change your nappy now. Is that okay? Sure, Carson admitted the baby wasn't going to respond, but the point was the principle. It was a way to teach babies that they controlled their bodies and no one had the right to touch them without permission. Yeah, I heard about that. It was a bit controversial. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm totally on board with that. There is a limit, especially when you get to kids and they get the, I don't give you consent to touch me kind of... They're kids. Yeah. There's an important lesson in an age when child sexual abuse occurs more often than we might want to admit... How do you teach a child that a stranger shouldn't touch them inappropriately and that even relatives have no right to hug or kiss them against their will? Teach permission. Well, now now they tell us that. Wish yeah. they told me that when I was a kid and wouldn't have my great aunt Sophie pitch my cheeks every night. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so now with that lovely little Z initial with that in mind. As you might expect though, the internet went crazy. With even mainstream publications mocking what she said. Conservative outlets, as you'd expect, blew her comments completely out of proportion, of saying course. Carson was telling parents they needed to get consent before changing a newborn. She didn't, and they don't. <clears throat> now, listen to what Brother Adam Fannin has to say about it. He's a pastor at Steadfast Jacksonville Church in Florida, an independent fundamental Baptist church that resembles every other small hateful group. And he's basically going on the factor of how he has a clip that he did that is titled Feminists Hate Babies. And he just starts going off about how she is, how like, we can't teach the children this because when the children are our rulers, that's the judgment of God. That's showing that something's wrong with justice and judgment. And we need to protect our children, and we need to teach them about God. And da, 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 don't da, let da. the kills, don't let the kids rule, <laughs> right? And he just he goes off on this crazy Bible-based rant about how parents have to control their children, and basically it ends up to put it another way: a woman said kids should be taught from birth that touching them against their will isn't okay, and a Christian pastor responded with, "Don't listen to that crazy feminist. You can touch the baby whenever you want because God said so." <laughs> that's that's going to be you know as an atheist, I guess you can't use the and God said so. For every, to justify everything that you want. We really don't have an advantage of doing anything we want without consequences. We're doing it because God said so. I love it. It's the ultimate excuse. Yeah, exactly. Oh, God, these pastors, they're afraid of kids. They're afraid of everything. They're afraid of every little bit of authority. They yes, can, they are. And probably will lose. Well, thank you, dear. 
really appreciate that. Uh, thank you, ladies. And uh, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll be with Eric and Matthew, some odd atheist friends. Mm, looking forward to it. So stay with us. If your skepticism is socially conscious and doesn't take itself too seriously, you might like life, the universe, and everything else. People like Ray Comfort are fond of saying, what use is half a wing, right? Have you ever seen a f***ing penguin? <laughs> Life, the universe, and everything else. Available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and pretty much anywhere else. I don't know, Zoom? Is that still a thing? In a world torn apart by a lack of reason... And I think it should be religion treated with ridicule and hatred and contempt. And I claim that right. In the morning. Hi, everybody. This is Robert Stanley from the Right to Reason podcast. And if you subscribe now, you'll get free. Learn more about the broadcast at therighttoreason.com. children die every year before they reach the age of five. Any God who would allow children by the millions to suffer and die in this way either can do nothing to help them or doesn't care to. He is therefore either impotent or evil. But this to me is the, is the true horror of religion. It allows perfectly decent and sane people to believe by the billions what only lunatics could believe on their own. If you wake up tomorrow morning thinking that saying a few Latin words over your pancakes is going to turn them into the body of Elvis Presley, you have lost your mind. But if you think more or less the same thing about a cracker and the body of Jesus, you're just a Catholic. Well, joining us online is Eric and Matthew. These guys are odd atheist friends. Odd atheist, atheist friends? friends. They're also snappy dressers and snazzy dancers. Eric, Matthew, thank you so much for joining us at Left of the Valley. Thank you. Appreciate coming on. Yeah, thanks for having us. You say that now, but you might regret it later. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't been on our show yet. You'd rather regret it then. <laughs> well, you know what? Maybe I decided to take the first bite. <laughs> <laughs> Eric Matthew, for our listeners that might not know, be familiar with your podcast, maybe you'd be so kind to give us a brief description of who you guys are and how this whole thing started. Eric, go ahead. Oh, okay. Um, so uh, I'm a 23-year-old trans guy from North Carolina, and Matthew is a 46-year-old... Seven. I just said my birthday. 47-year-old... Nope. When you see trans veteran. guy, you see like trans am or... <laughs> yeah, not the car, uh, right? Cars. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm um, transgender. So uh, I was born female, and now I'm presenting as male. Yep. And uh, we're both atheists, and we met like ten years ago when I was a teenage girl, and <laughs> we were both on a blogging site. And it sounds really creepy when I put it that way. <laughs> but... <laughs> <laughs> the comments of Matthew and Eric are not necessarily those of Left of the Valley for three years. Eric was writing poetry, and somehow or another, there was like a poetry circle, and I commented on one of his poems. I'm like, oh, that poem was really nice. 
and we got to be friends. And in the middle of that, I got divorced, and Eric was there, and we just kind of became kind of like kind of like pen pals, kind of a thing. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. And so, um, so yeah, I was active duty at the time. I was stationed on a ship in Norfolk, and then I went to Japan. And when I was there, I became from kind of like kind of like a, a societal Christian to becoming an atheist. Mm. And so, and I was, when I was younger, I was a Bible believing, the Bible is the written true word of God, every last bit of it, fundamentalist Christian asshole. And so, <laughs> like I've said on, like I've said in the past on the show, it's like, I would have called Eric all kinds of horrible names. Now I call him all kinds of terrible names just for other reasons. <laughs> yeah, but at least it's with love now, right? It's at least it's with love now. It's not yeah. Christian love, it's like real love. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, so, but yeah, so, uh, and after Trump pretty much got in office, I was like, you know, I need to do something about this. I felt... You know, like I need to get my voice out there to be some kind of opposition to what's being and I the the right backlash that is going on in the United States. And I was like, anybody know anything about podcast? And Eric was like, make one. I'm like, do you want to be my co-host? And he's like, yeah. And so we started a little over a year ago now. And a podcast was born. And a podcast was and, born. And a good friendship, good, because of the way the story was going at first, it sounded more like an episode of Creep Catchers or something like that. <laughs> and I was like, oh, geez, man, uh, did we make no, a mistake? No, no, it, was and- nothing, it was nothing like that. Actually, we've actually never met face-to-face. No, really? Oh, that was going to be my next question as to whether you guys have, have ever been in the same place at yeah. the same time. Matthew's in Chicago, right. and Eric, where, where are you out of? Uh, North Carolina. On purpose? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> unfortunately, I was I had I was born here, and uh, I, I'm finishing college here. But after that, I'm probably leaving. <laughs> where Where in North Carolina are you? Well, I'm from Western North Carolina, in the middle of nowhere. But right now, I'm living in Raleigh. Oh, I, I was in Greensboro for a couple of years, so it's a nice, nice state. Politically, it sucks, but <laughs> the state itself is a beautiful place to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Nancy. Nancy. It's basically Satan's taint, yeah. as far as yeah. you know their viewpoints go. Yeah, no, um, Nancy was actually an American citizen for the past uh, well, two hundred years, something like that. Something she, like that. Uh, before, before since the founding, she, 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 she's the uh, wandering Jew, right? So she's been around forever. But you know, for a while, there, when, when America was formed and George Washington helped her sign the, the Constitution, all that, she was part of that. So she she lives as an American as well. Yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> uh, so so so. Basically, you guys decide to create a show, uh, and you, I think the title is very appropriate, Odd Atheist Friends, because it's a, it's, mm-hmm. a bit, it's a bit like the Odd Couple these two, right? Yeah. Exactly. You got the point. Perfect. Great. I'm not as dumb as I look. Awesome. Eric and I are the Odd Atheist Friends, because Eric is a 22-year-old trans man, and I'm a former fundamentalist Christian in my middle-aged Asshole. Now I'm not a now I'm not a fundamentalist asshole. Now I'm just a regular asshole. Good, good. It's good to make a distinction, you know. Yeah. Hey, you've yeah. got all the makings of a great show. You know? Yeah, exactly. Sounds perfect to us. The uh, the whole thing is like when you listen to us, we usually usually get a couple of points we want to discuss, and then the discussion is free form, and you're hearing us talk about what we want to talk about. 
it's not censored. It's it's edited as far as like for time and us and ums mm-hmm. a little bit. But that's what you're hearing is a discussion between two people with wildly different viewpoints sometimes. These guys Sounds are going to fit into our show just perfectly. Yeah. Yes, they are. <laughs> <laughs> you're our kind of guys, that's for sure. Yeah, so, <laughs> so, guys, what do you think about sex with furniture? No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So I'm going back to the show. Oh. I, I watched some weird porn about that recently. As long as it's scotch guarded, be my guest. But... <laughs> <laughs> so. So- no, for real, for real. Okay, I watched <laughs> I watched this video about this guy in a hotel room and he was showing how he could fuck everything in the hotel room and oh I was gosh. just disgusted. <laughs> wow. Now my question is why are you watching this video? Education. Um, Education? <laughs> because it's so weirdly out there that you just can't not watch it. Yeah, I'm not you've really never sure. Been down some real rabbit holes on Pornhub. There are some, there are some deep rabbit holes to go down, my man. <laughs> yeah, I, I right before that video, or maybe right after, I saw this guy fucking pizza dough, and then in the comments, <laughs> it was people that work at pizza places, and they were saying, "Yeah, this happens all the time." Oh wow. my gosh. Okay, well, I'm never buying pizza out again. <laughs> Ignorance is bliss. That's that's what I'm saying. It's like I've seen pictures of like, you know, like you go to like Taco Bell and somebody's licked all the taco shells. You know oh what I'm saying? Gosh. I don't want to know. Okay. I really don't want to know. Ignorance is bliss. I need to repeat yeah. this. The comments of Eric and Matthew are not necessarily those of Left of the Valley, subsidiaries, and employees, etc. Et My <laughs> comments are not necessarily the viewpoints of the audience's friends. <laughs> <laughs> Everything south of our border stays south. So how uh, you guys have been doing this for a show for about a year now, and uh, let's maybe take a look at what you guys have seen. Have you guys seen much of a difference in when you started your podcast as where you are now? And I'm talking about you know how people view atheists, maybe the political the political uh, uh, climate of where you're in. Uh, how how is it different than when you guys started, or is it? They didn't expect a real question. That's the thing, right? These guys didn't expect real questions. I was thinking softball and you zinged in a a Zambrano fastball. (laughs) 96 miles an hour. What the hell? Uh, To me personally, I I think the only real difference I've noticed is that, and that this difference might just be be because we have gotten in the community more, or I have is that there seem to be more people in the community. There seems to be more open talk about it. There seems to be a lot of arguing mm-hmm. back and forth, though, about whether or not being an atheist is also being a humanist and all yes. of that. So that's something I've noticed happened in the past that year. That came out like right after the mythicist Milwaukee Yes, with uh, Thomas Smith and all the drama that happened after that. Yeah. And I'll be really honest, I really got turned off on a lot of podcasts because of that. Like, there are some of the biggies in the podcasting world that I just don't listen to anymore really? because of support of one side or the other on uh, what happened at Mythicist Milwaukee with, um, I don't even remember what to call it. Like, I came up with a nickname because I refuse to call him by the name that he goes by. Yeah. Oh, dickhead of fuckface. That's what I call him. <laughs> the, the YouTuber <laughs> that um, Thomas Smith was talking to? Yes, I call yeah. him Dickhead of Fuckface. I refuse to call him by his name. That's a wonderful name. Oh, Thanks. Uh, I've drawn a blank so, here. Which, which, he is which a horrible... Um, uh, I forget his actual name. I think his name is... 
Like Carl or something? Oh, you Dickhead of fuckface. I don't care what his name <laughs> yeah. is. Sar- Sargon, you mean. Sargon. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Dickhead of fuckface? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, it's, it's, a topic, it's a topic we didn't visit a whole lot up here in Canada because, you know, it's, <laughs> it seemed to be we, more an American-centric problem. We actually have problem. laws up here against that kind of <laughs> yeah, stuff. Exactly. Free speech <laughs> yeah. in Canada is not exactly the same as free, free speech in the States. So, uh, anyway. So, please go on. Don't let me interrupt you. Oh, I'm sorry. You're uh, at fuckface. <laughs> yeah, dickhead of fuckface. Um, so, anyways, this asshole—he uh, just—it seems like, you know, we all know that atheist is just a lack of belief in a god. That's it. Mm-hmm. That there's a range of everything else, and it seems like you get these people who are just all about tearing people down, and that's it. They don't care about the person at all. Yeah, and so that's I think kind of like the difference with a lot of this stuff that's going on mm-hmm. that's interesting <laughs> we're all staring at each other saying, <laughs> so, so, I don't know so with all of the different conversations that you have are you, are you pretty well um, on the theme of atheism and humanism or what kind of topics do you, do you like to cover and what kind of topics do you want to cover coming up mm-hmm. so I like talking about gay things, trans mm-hmm. things, and dick jokes. That's my specialty. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, um, as far as me, I I like talking about how, like, what the current politics is and how it relates to things like in the military. And I also like talking about humanist stuff. Uh, I'm also really kind of big, um, something that I call the detective's corner, uh, about police violence in the U.S., mm-hmm. um, whether called or uncalled for. Um, so, yeah, that kind of stuff. That's mm-hmm. what I like to talk about. Yeah, it's sad how and... much there is to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, the, the, it's, yeah. It's, yeah, it's sad there is so much to talk about. Uh, well, uh, one of the reasons why is, um, you know, Tamir Rice was yeah. uh, a child who got killed in Pennsylvania who was either a child with a toy gun or he was an adult with a gun in open carry state, and he still got shot and killed mm-hmm. by the officer who didn't even open the door. So which is it? Either way, you're wrong. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. No, we, we can't, you know, on our podcast, we can't help but compare often what goes on from your country to our country. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we had a, an incident uh, very recently where a, a gentleman ran over uh, one of the, with a van, he ran over a whole bunch of people, and he was trying to do suicide by cop, and the, the police officer actually didn't shoot him, although he had every right to do so. And I actually, saw the video. Yeah, and actually arrested him, you know, without incident. And you kind of wonder that if we can do that, how come they can't seem to be able yeah. to do that in the U.S.? Well, I think the biggest difference is in Canada, we're trained first to de-escalate. De-escalate, yeah. Um, like, so much of our training is about de-escalation and using the least amount of force where in yeah. the States, it's like, okay, yeah, just, like, fear for your life. Everyone's going to have a gun, so just shoot them. Well, Matthew's an ex-military yeah, sure. Matthew's an ex-military man. Maybe, Matthew, you have some insight into the police training in the U.S.? I do, and I was also ex-military police. Oh, there we go. So, and so, so I was military police, actually, between 98 and 02. Mm-hmm. And so I was in Spain when 9-11 happened, and I was on duty during all of that stuff. So, yeah, so... Um, yeah, a lot of the civilian cops, which is one of the reasons why I didn't go police when I retired from the Navy, um, 
was because of, it seems like, these guys are not using the escalation of force. They're not using lower levels of force. Mm -hmm. They go, it seems like, from physical presence to physical confrontation to drawing the pistol. Or from physical presence to immediately drawing the pistol without using anything in between, without using any kind of chemical, without using a taser, nothing. Let me tell you something. As somebody who's had to carry chemical weapons, mace, pepper spray, that kind of stuff, we had to get sprayed with it. Mm-hmm. And once you get sprayed with that shit, you don't want to have it happen again because it hurts <laughs> a lot. So I've been pepper sprayed, I've been maced, and I've been tear gassed. Mm-hmm. It's all no joke. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you get a 5% of pepper spray in the eyes. My face hurt for three days. My, wow. eye, my eyes had clenched so tight. So... Once you get pepper sprayed, it's no joke. It's it's capsicum. It's it's yeah. it's a heavy duty thing. So, you know, you zap somebody in the face, dude. It's a, it's only gonna be not effective in like one hundredth of a percent of the time. Mm. So why doesn't you know? And it affects large groups of people too. And so you can either use it in a mist. They've got stuff that mists, or they got stuff that's direct jet right into somebody's eyes from. 30 feet away, yeah, they're not going to move. Mm. I'm just saying. Yeah, I, I, I totally understand. So so you, you kind of agree that maybe there should be more training of de-escalation in the U.S. police, civilian police forces. Um, I think that the, well, for one, we need to have less availability of weapons. Uh, there oh, are, yeah. like, when I got my concealed carry permit, um, there it was all military that I went through with, and even some of those people I wouldn't have trusted with potato gun. Um, I'm just saying that, you know, like, being able to... It needs... I mean, we need a license to drive a car, so why not have the same thing when it comes to weapons? Yeah, And totally. police are not trained as well as they should in escalation of force. They're scared... So they immediately draw the pistol. Well, why are you scared? You've got a bulletproof vest on. You've got tactical advantage, especially in like, you know, when you're doing a, you know, uh, uh, a traffic stop. You're coming from behind. You're coming from weird angles. They got the takedown lights on. You're in the car. You're blinded with so much light. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just saying is like, and if you're that big of a pussy, then maybe you shouldn't have the job. Fuck you with a cactus. <laughs> that hurts. I agree fully. <laughs> with, with the cactus part? Both, yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> Eric, I'm going to ask you a question. Since you're a trans man, we've had some transgender people on the show, and we always love to have them. Um, there's been some recent developments in the States, uh, about uh, especially that uh, Supreme Court ruling in uh, Colorado. Uh, do you feel that this has become a, a, an easier time for the transgendered and LGBT community, or is, do you think things are going to get worse in the states? I think that is definitely going to have a mixed answer. I think it's easier in certain aspects, in that we, as the LGBT community, can be a little more open most of the time, and people are more aware of our existence and our issues and the issues we face like legally and in society and everything but that also brings out things like this supreme court case and questioning whether or not we do have the right to do certain things and it shows us the people that think we aren't supposed to do certain things like buy a cake or adopt children or get married or anything and Especially in North Carolina and the South, I've seen a rise of people coming up that do not understand, especially trans people, 
uh, and and they just think that I can't go to the, I can't even go to the bathroom. Like they, I don't even know what bathroom they want me to go to anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And it's really difficult, but I think that the only thing that I can do and and anyone in the community or any allies can do is to try to educate people because I think most of their their issues with us is coming from just a fear of people being different than them and what I try to do through my show and just through my interactions in daily life is educate people on what it means to be a transgender person and what my life is like and that I'm not actually that much different than them exactly. so exactly wouldn't you guys? Wouldn't you, gentlemen, agree that uh, maybe you know the? Uh, it seems that every social advancement in our society has been fought tooth and nail by the religious, and um, they yes. created a lot of damage by doing so. But at the same time, the good news is, is they've lost every battle. It just the problem is, is I think that they're they're I think they realize that they're losing. Yes, and that with the internet. And so the kids are seeing what's going on. And I think as a general that we're liberalizing society. And I use that with the small L, not the big L. And so that with the liberalization of society that even kids today, they're like there's a lot less of the Generation Z and and, uh, what is it, Uh, Generation Y that are not as religious and don't go to church and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. So eventually, all these all these old jagoffs who are making Eric's life hell, they're going to go away. There's going to eventually come a point where there's going to be less and less of them. And all the things that we see is all seems to be leaning that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, temporarily things get a little bit worse. Um, I think it's a thing of two steps forward, one step back. Um, I saw kind of a meme on this, and this is something I want to do. Whenever I go into a store now to buy a cake, I'm going to ask if if Hector and myself can buy a wedding cake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good for you. I you think, even you know, if it's for like a birthday or something. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I mean, you can just advocate when, when you can. Up here, we now have in the public schools what they call a SOGI 123 program, and that stands mm-hmm. for Sexual Orientation and Gender Identity. And it's based around inclusion, and it depends on the, uh, the grade level. But the children um, are from kindergarten up. Um, have have classes and and subjects and and different um, different events and um, trying to think of the word. They're being um, taught not to be dicks. They're, they're tra- they're, yeah, they're <laughs> yeah. actually you know um, presented with fairy tales and things like that, and then asked you know how how those stories can relate to people's real lives if they're transgender mm-hmm. or it just depends on the on the grade level. But the programs are are very successful except for the old white guys who yeah, are still, still fighting them, right? resisting but that's that's one area in Canada that we're, we're really proud of and then over the, um, the uh, last Thursday I was at an event at a public place and had to go to the ladies room and there were signs all over saying trans individuals are welcome here and mm. so things are changing up here um, and I, I think as as the young people become more of a um, more of a, a, for, a voting force that the eventually the liberalism will will take over there but it's it's going to take some time 
I was um, what was that? Uh, that Jagoff, the guy in the college up there in Canada. Uh, was, oh yeah, uh, yeah. Um, I hate him so much. Anyways, uh, Jason, so it was like Jason, you know Jason. Jordan Peterson. Jordan. Jordan Peterson. Jordan. So he's like, oh well, you know, it was like, well, soon we're gonna have people identify as an eight string of yeah, numbers or oh. like an attack helicopter. It's like, okay, for <laughs> one, you're an asshole. Two, oh. a random string of numbers and an attack helicopter have no what is that? No, uh, no freedom of choice. They're they're objects. Yeah. So it's not a person. So shut the fuck up. You're an asshole. Yeah. Uh, he's, uh, he's he's using his 15 minutes of fame right now, and he's very popular with that. He's making a lot of money. But at the same time... It's not over yet? No. No, it's not, unfortunately. He's, minutes was he's over actually yet. this, like, next weekend having a, a conference in Vancouver with Sam Harris... My twin sister is like obsessed with him. I think I think uh, Sam Harris uh, has turned into one of the assholes I that I know. no longer listen to. Uh, I think I think though that his uh, popularity is uh, diminishing slowly but surely because if you actually start listening to one of the debates, like for the one he had with oh, Matt Dillahunty, so awesome. you realize he's like the Deepak Chopra of 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 Christians now. He he says a lot of things that don't say anything. It's like what, what are you talking about? <laughs> I'm sure Dillahunty destroyed him. Yes, he did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, of course, it depends who, who or what side, uh, what side of the, uh, the 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 battle you're yeah. on, right? Some other, I'm sure, yeah. some people would say Jordan Peterson, this Jordan Dillahunty, but personally, I think way, was way better. Matt Dillahunty was in the Navy and was a bosun mate. Go Navy! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so what's next for Odd Atheist Friends? Where are you guys going with your show? You got some uh, coming, some interesting things coming on the pipe. All right, so we're hopefully meeting in person for the first time. In Chicago mm. toward the end of the month. In Chicago? And you think you'll survive that? I don't know. I might get shot. <laughs> anyway, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, if I don't get shot here, I'm probably be fine. But um, <laughs> we're also trying to do some um, video live streams because we have been on a bit of a hiatus the past month or two because I have a broken laptop and haven't been able to edit the show. So I'm thinking if we can do some live streams, I won't have to edit, and it'll be really cool. Plus, people like seeing our faces because we look I funny. Have no idea why. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to ask a fast question because this is something we ask our guests. But since we haven't had a show in a while, I'm at hurting to do it. Hey, 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 hey! hey you're the guest. Don't don't turn the tables on us. You're the guest. Play Dungeons and Dragons. What's that? Dungeons and Dragons. What about it? It's awesome. Do you play? Did you play? Well, I haven't I played I it, play but I'm a, a huge fan, and I really would love I to. I did play as a kid, yes. You did play? Okay, yes. great. Okay. I didn't. Just wanted to know. It, it was so. the de- devil growing up with me. Oh, yeah. I literally talked about it once, and my uncle was like, oh, you're going to let the demons in. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> I had uh, oh, yeah. one of the elders of my church... Um, his wife said to me that I was like casting spells yep, and all totally, that kind of stuff. Like totally. rolling dice is not casting spells, <laughs> but anyways. Yeah, Nancy actually had a real pet dragon. Well, that was like yeah, centuries totally. ago. <laughs> I want a pet dragon. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a pet crab shell now that has the face of Jesus on it. So I don't. Yeah, I'm, I'm, evol- I'm evolving. For sure. <laughs> Matthew, Eric, thank you so much for joining us on the show today, but the mic is all yours, guys. Be shameless. Go ahead and plug yourself. I always love it when guests ask me to do that. Well, <laughs> there you go. He calls us the guest again. No, that's oh. the other way around, Eric. <laughs> God again, damn it. I'm it. When I'm a guest. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, 
So you can find our show, the Atheist Friends, at um, patreon.com slash OAF or facebook.com slash OAF podcast. And of course, you can listen to us on whatever you listen to podcasts on. And you can also listen to me as a rotating get, uh, rotating co-host, not guest, <laughs> on Hertzy Talks, where we talk about things like D&D and the Satanic Panic. Okay, cool. Cool. Perfect. Eric, Matthew, th- thank you so much for joining us. But before I let you go, i got to have you say hi. This is Eric and Matthew of Odd Atheist, uh, Atheist Friend, and we took a left in the valley. Hi, this is hi, Matthew. Hi, this is Eric. <laughs> take two, take two. Clack. Try again. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Don't feel bad. Hi, we were in the Matthew. same situation. Oh, okay, you, you just spoke with him. Matthew. I did too. Jesus uh, Christ! Hi. <laughs> Hi. This is Matthew. This is Eric. And we're on the Audi Atheist Friends, friends, and we friends. took a left, left at the at valley. The valley. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> well, there they were, Eric and Matthew of Odd Atheist Friends. That, they were Are they so hoot? fun. <laughs> A lot of fun. Oh, of that fun. interview went all over the place, which gonna, is actually quite go, like their show. I'm going to go binge listen to their show now. <laughs> oh, me too. No, I love the fact that they are so different and they, they have a lot of issues between them that they're passionate about and they can they, they can talk about whether or not they agree with each other mm-hmm. or, you know, the different points of view. And it'll be it'll be great to know how they get on when they see each other face to face. And um, the, yeah. the, uh, the maybe maybe this is not the right word to describe this, but the chaos that is their show is kind of reminiscent reminiscent of ours a bit, right? Oh. It's you know they, they with, with more swearing. <laughs> yeah, we'll bit we'll have more swearing, you know, because yeah. we got to put a leash on Nancy because if you don't, she'll just swear like I say the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Thank we, you for we, joining us. We have us. like a spray bottle that we like. <laughs> Bad Nancy. <laughs> Bad Nancy. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us on the show today, guys. Uh, you can find us at leftofthevalley.com. You can follow us on Facebook. You can follow us on L- at LATV Podcast on Twitter. You can send us an email at leftatvalley@outlook.com. Send us a fi- give us a five star review that would really help us and help others find the show. Coming up, we'll be doing an interview with Bernard Laborella. We'll talk about the Covenant. And oh. an interesting uh, take on the historicity of uh, biblical historicity. Mm-hmm. Uh, next week, we'll be talking to. Where is it? Ah! Thomas Westbrook of the Holy Kool Aid uh, channel on YouTube and his podcast, Here and Now. Oh. And on the 23rd, we'll be talking to Seth Andrews, yeah, the velvety yay. voice of Seth Andrews. And. At the, uh, the beginning of next month in July, we'll be talking to Scott Marshall about love explained. Uh-huh. Like it wasn't explained. And you guys don't know this, but on the 14th, who do we have? Professor Jerry Coyne is coming back. Oh, nice. that's wonderful. Yes, and we'll be talking about the will. Do we have free will or not? Oh, that is wow. going to be such a fun conversation. Yes, it is yeah. going to be. So Maybe he'll even work in a comment about fruit flies, one, uh, you know, one, or, one or two of them. Why are you looking at me when you say fruit flies? <laughs> I don't think fruit that's flies a big have thing now. He's, that's, that's part of what his uh, academic, yeah, academic interest was. Oh, okay. Yeah, of course. Yeah, research. An evolution, but, uh, as an evolutionary biologist. Super yeah. fun. And I'm also going to have a one-on-one conversation with Robert Stanley, our friend Robert Stanley. Just kind of a behind-the-scenes look. You aren't inviting us? No, it's just me and him. <gasps> I'm going to cry now, guys. <laughs> <laughs> 
does he know that I'm not going to be there and he's going to talk to you? Yeah, anyway? he still agreed to talk to me even though you guys are not there. I know, I know. We're just we're just doing a, just a chat between me and him because you know because kind of you a, can because we can. You That's know, we're right. just we're just going to explore. You know the. What is this between two podcasters in the U.S. and Canada? What's the difference? You know, we're just going to explore a whole Good. bunch of little things like that. Great. So that'll be interesting. Cheering for our lives up here. <laughs> yeah, that that's kind of a big thing. All right, guys, thank you so much. Until next time. Teaching them to respect them, respect them, fuck that. The system is broke down, working backwards in the only action or tactic I plan to practice now is to attack them. The parties of God's hands are bloodstained, millions of murders by believers, and they're all in God's name. And let me take a sec, don't mean to sound so hateful, but I swear to God, unintended, I find it disgraceful that many atheists are told to be quiet.